It is Friday the 22nd of March 2019 and this is episode 351 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I'm Chris, and Ian is with me. Evening, Chris. Mm, yes. Good evening it is, too. It is. Yeah, enough said. Let's get on with the news. Yep. <laughs> Spotify and Apple are having tiffs. <laughs> um, Spotify has basically raised a complaint with the European Commission over uh, Apple tax and restrictive rules. So basically, um, Spotify have... Although the actual details of the complaint aren't public because it's a private um, thing, uh, they have released some information into the wild about what what it is that's happening. And basically they're moaning about the fact that they're so tied in when when they're on Apple's infrastructure within their app store. You know, they've got no choice about what payment provider they use and they've got no choice about how they talk to their customers. Um, basically, they have to follow Apple's rules and they're saying with Apple being such a dominant player, that's an abuse of these these their position. Um, and, the, you know, they they want to see more share and more ability for them to look after their customers. Um, so that that's their complaint. I don't know if you've got an opinion um, before we go on to us, so Apple has now replied. Uh, I wonder whether you've got an opinion on that side of things. Um, I actually liked that they've, they've got a, a new domain called timetoplayfair.com. Yeah. So as, as well as filing a complaint, as well as doing a blog post, they've got a timetoplayfair.com website. It's all about levelling the playing field and, and how Apple are anti-competitive. Um, and I think I actually think Spotify have got some grounds to complain. There are def- I, think, I think there's some bits that went you know, a bit over the top and, and some of the stuff I don't agree with. But I actually do think they've got um, they've got some grounds to complain. It's... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, so it's, they're, they're saying things, yeah, things like, you know, if we want to email and, and talk to our customers on, on a legitimate basis, um, not, you know, not spamming or anything, they can't because they get, Apple defines how you can talk to customers. When they want to do payments, if you do in-app payments, you have to go through Apple's payment provider and there's a 70-30 split towards the, so 30% goes to Apple when it's subscriptions. Um, and, and, you know, even for a single or one-off payments, it's, you know, there's there's a chunk of that. I can't remember what the actual breakdowns are for each of these different things, but basically a chunk goes to Apple uh, and you don't get a choice of what payment provider. And, and, you know, if you could optimize that down so you didn't have to pay the extras. And, you know, they're, they're also saying how some companies within the infrastructure don't have to pay some of these figures and, and, and other companies do. So, you know, they're saying there's, there's a degree of unfairness there. And, and Digital you, goods. So basically, it's because they're selling digital goods. Yeah, um, so someone like Uber, which sells an actual service, a physical service in real life, they don't have they they can charge a fee through it, but they don't actually have a, an Apple tax, as 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 Spotify no. put it, this Apple tax applied. So if you have a clothing firm, so N Clothing don't have this, Amazon don't have this, but Amazon do have for their books because it's a digital good. Yes, um, and and that's and that's basically their complaint. And with the way subscription services work, first year it's a seventy thirty split. Subsequent years, it's then eighty-five percent. You know, so that so it's that that's that's the the main complaint. But they also laboured 
that Apple had it stopped Spotify updates. Um, mm. It hadn't, you know, it's, it's it's not allowed them onto the HomePod. Um, Apple Watch, it was a, it was treating them badly. But to be fair, the Apple Watch wasn't fit for purpose for anybody to use. So it's <laughs> yeah. there's there, and, the, and so there's things that they've. That, that, the funnily enough, that that wasn't in Apple's reply. Uh, Our product no. is a bit rubbish, so that's why it was it was bad for everyone. Hey. Exactly. So <laughs> Apple Apple have actually had a few pops, and their pops are, um, you know that you know they're just making it clear they've approved and distributed two hundred app updates on Spotify's behalf. Um, you know, so although they're saying that you know, you know, well you've blocked us and you've done this and that, and but there has been evidence, or it looks like there's evidence where you know Spotify have been waiting to put an update out, and it's taken like sixteen weeks. Yeah, you know, and, so. and you know, we know that the Apple process, it depends on the update going out, what API calls and whether there's new ones. So, you know, a new feature release will be, you know, will take longer than a than a point release. And 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 there's no there's no denying that Apple do block things based on, you know, it's not it's not how the, they want to see things happen rather than uh, blocked because of a technical reason. So an app might work, but if it doesn't do things in the right way, um, it gets blocked. Um, Apple basically replied countering the points that were made and a lot of their reply and this so a lot of it was hippy dippy guffy stuff for me it was apple yeah. saying look we've been flipping great for the music industry and spotify are a bit rubbish for the music industry and and we would never treat artists the way that spotify treats so there was a lot of this as well as trying to as well as countering some of the points that spotify made they very much um you know it it it, came, it didn't come across as a a professional organization saying it. It, it, it maybe it sort of harked to it sounded like very much more a personal you know it sounded like tim cook had sit, sat down and written this thing you know that... it was actually quite pointed but you know so instead of you know it was actually quite a you know the next day hold on have some of this yes. um, and, as, and as you said like instead of actually counting each point and going it was like well here let's look at count this point and also point out that Spotify are wanting to rob more of our artists and we aren't. And, and, and this is, I mean, and so they, they position themselves as these, you know, Apple have positioned themselves as this godly presence of, you know, greatness that, that, that no one's seen. And, the you know, ignoring the fact that they have, you know, profit and money-wise, they are leeching more money away from 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 these things than anyone else because that they they're piling money up <laughs> based on these services anyway uh, you know and and you can't tell me that they're just doing that out of the goodness of their heart when they are piling all that money uh, uh, you know up for themselves so it's it's not you know they're not not for profit let's put it that way no uh, and, and, that's, I, and that's that's to me is always interesting about apple because you get lots of people that are very passionate about them sure but but it's like yeah, that, it's not like they're reinsert, re, you no, know, you know, making water pile, pumps and no, stuff out in you know that with all money their money. they're sitting on is is huge. And you think about what that can do in the world, you know, it's just yep. it's what I think. Um, so yeah, I I thought whilst I accept some of the retorts that Apple made in their reply, what they should be careful about is the fact that they do have a dominant position, even though market share wise, um, it's not uh, numbers wise, they're not the biggest. They certainly are the biggest as far as revenue. Um, and we've seen in the past, Microsoft got absolutely slated. We're seeing Google. We're going to cover that later. Absolutely pummeled because they hold p- um, powerful positions. And at some point, a court is going to take the side of Spotify and say, yeah, we, we accept Apple. You're saying you're providing all these services uh, and providing all these things, which obviously you need to be paid for. But ultimately, if you've got if you are the dominant provider and there's no one to balance off the amount that you are allowed to charge, who's to say th- if it only costs Apple 5 percent? 
percent of the revenues to actually cover the costs of what they're doing well then they're making a 25 percent. but we don't know what that balance is because it's a single individual entity that that there's no back checks and balances no com- competition for them supplying that money uh, so anyway it's an interesting one and we probably see that um, bounce around they've you know they they're competing in in the in the music arena quite heavily at the moment so they obviously they're never going to like each other at the moment um we'll see how it rolls out hmm um in the meantime it hasn't stopped apple producing stuff so we've actually seen quite a lot of stuff coming out of apple recently and they started by announcing new ipad airs and ipad minis uh, yeah so they've done so there's a big apple event next week yeah, which is um, and, why we weren't expecting loads of announcements, but there you go. Yeah, because people were talking about, well, are they going to do services next week and also hardware? That's very, you know, usually they're quite on point with that. Here's the focus of this show. Um, and there was rumours that, oh, it's going to be WWDC. And then it was like, no, let's have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday release. So Monday this week was a new, um, new iPad Air and iPad Mini. Um, iPad Mini hadn't been updated. I think it was, was it four years, five years? It's a while um, since it's been done, and yeah, they gave it. So yeah. people thought it was going to be chopped dead. off, right? You know, yeah, was, but, was and, but, they, but each year they kept saying it's a really important product for us, and but but not, not actually doing very much with it. Um, so the the mini still uses Touch ID, um, it's still got a headphone jack, still uses Lightning, um, but it's pretty cheap, it's pretty portable, and I've now got an A12 in it, so it's fast. Yeah, so it's got the sort of iPhone XS um, or XS. Sorry, um, <laughs> uh, chip. So it's yeah, it's, it, that's a that's a significant bump, and it, the price is still very good. So um, what do we? Uh, last time we, I've lost the figure now. Is it three two nine something like that? Yeah, something. Anyway, I will. Um, I will quickly have, jump on the site and check. You have a look. It will also work um, with the pen, I believe. Or is that just the? Is that just? Oh, and this is weird. So this is what I get. Like, what are you doing? Um, so. <laughs> So let me just let me just go and buy an iPad Mini, and we'll give you some prices <laughs> first. <laughs> don't, don't accidentally buy it. Uh, no, so it starts from three nine nine. Okay, That's so for three sixty four so, gig. So we yeah, so we're gonna, we're talking four hundred quid for the for the base model, and that is still a good price for the for the the tablet. I still maintain that is a it's pretty damn cheap that. Yeah, and so and so before we talk pencils, the iPad Air um, was also on, and, and they dropped the iPad Air as a thing, but they've now brought it back. And this is almost like the you know they've they've got an iPad, an iPad Air, and an iPad Pro, and the iPad Air um, also supports a keyboard and it supports mm-hmm. the pencil, but it doesn't support the latest pencil. <laughs> so they've now got two products called Pencil, and there's a web page to tell you which pencils you should buy depending on the iPad you've bought. And it's like Jesus, you're, these guys are supposed to be the kings of marketing. Mm. Why have we got two products called the same thing that you need a website to tell you what to buy? Why is it not one's called a pencil, one's called a pencil pro, and the pencil pros work for the iPad Pros? And it's because the it was already works. called pencil. It's just guff. It's just daft. It just I don't. Anyway, get it. on your iPad Air, you can use the older pencil, <laughs> and it's not the, same the newer for the mini. pencil. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Which is which is in some ways a shame because the, and the old pencil was fine, but it's just got some flaws like you charge via lightning and mm. and and it's and where do you put it? And that's always yeah. been the kind of problem, but um, it's it's a lot cheaper to buy than the pros. So the iPad Air is starting at four nine nine, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, four seven nine. Four seven nine, and and this and and the iPad Air kind of fills that gap between the the iPad and you know the iPad. 
Pro. So it's it's kind of a nice sweet spot area. Again, you can add cellular, you can add more memory, all those kind of things. But it's got the bump in processor, um, and it's like I say, it's got the the uh, pencil support, and and it's you know it's a nice size. So I, you know, it seems like it's hitting a spot. Uh, yeah, makes um, sense. And I, and I do wonder if they're trying to keep that for you know, where the pro is just too much or maybe even again for, you know, folk looking for educational or sharing amongst the family. You know, yeah. you don't you don't need the face ID. Um, the borders aren't that big a thing for you. Um, the screen's great still. Um, and as you say, A12, you know, it's 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 really nice. So yeah. All and good. the iPad remains untouched. So that is still 329-ish, something like that. But that's, uh, that's yeah. basically, no, there's no difference in that. So that hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we had on we had the iMac um, announcement upgrade. So what are they doing with them? Uh, so same design. So this isn't the Pro. This is the this is the iMac. So I think this is the eighth year where they've not really touched the design. Um, uh, but this has now got brand new um, eighth gen quad core and a six core option for the first time chips um, and an updated um, Radeon uh, graphics cards. Yes, all of which you, yeah, I mean, when you get to the com- configurator, you, you know, you can spec up a pretty powerful machine, but you can only spec up some, you can spec up a small bank balance as well, um, because it does end up costing you quite a lot of money. Once you start putting in the new va- the gra- graphics and the new chipsets, it's uh, it bumps things up quite a lot, and it's a bit eye-watering. But they've got the 21.5-inch and the 27-inch as before. Everything's the same, so 21-inch, 21.5 has the 4K resolution, whereas the the larger one has 5k um but yeah the extra processing power and the extra graphics pushing around actually suits that 5k display more because i i think in the older generation it was a, it would have been you know it, it was a, it was they did have a 5k version didn't they i think yeah. it was a bit of a stretch though um and this obviously gives it a little bit more breathing room uh, and again you've got more scope for increasing your memory as well now so you've got bigger possibilities there so yeah these are nice powerful bumps um for the desktop nothing radically new or different but um again you know a suitable refresh and it's the ones we normally see it's there wouldn't have been much point having a whole event to announce no, these things and uh, no yeah. not not with just you know putting putting updated cpus i've been you're only going to get an event around iMac if it's a new design yeah and yeah. but you know ultimately just don't expect this to be cheap because even though the headline figures haven't changed too much about how much it costs to buy these products actually as soon as you get to configuring to something you really do want um, with a bit of future, you know, um, future headroom and a bit of future proofing, that you're you're talking buying at least three grand's worth of machine, if not three and a half, four. It's um, the, so we had a, we had a podcast before the podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, it's the, the the bit that hacks me off is a fusion drive. Don't buy a fusion drive. And I know that's it's, it's it's fine saying that if you've not got the money, it's not got the money. But but the, the, but the fusion drive really does slow it down. There's some features that I think if the first version, of, you know. Uh, Mavericks didn't support very well and you know it didn't support the new file system and it's just mm. like if you can get it get an SSD it just makes a world of difference I think um, that is probably one of the biggest performance gains that you can get is is that switch to SSD if you haven't already gone that way you'd be surprised how much that brings even without the extra processing and the extra memory yeah, absolutely just that speed of the disk is, is it makes things yeah. pretty super special but yeah so just I, I'd say I remember when desktops used to cost a thousand and now you know phones cost a thousand and desktops cost four that's kind of where we're at now in the 
It's a bit frightening, really. Um, but anyway, it's, they continued them. The only thing I will say, I, I seem to you know t- touch a bit of wood. The, the IMAX when I get them do last. Yeah, but then, but but like I say, to make them last, I think nowadays you do have. I'm, I think it's about a thousand pounds more than I remember having to buy it in the past. And 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 you know what? One of the thing reasons they can spend that much more is because they show the iPad Pro, and if you spec that bad boy up, you are at fourteen thousand pounds. You know, it's just hundred. How much? Oh no, you you. I thought you said iPad Pro. You meant no, no, iMac so, Pro. I'm, so I meant yeah. iMac Pro. If I didn't, yeah, no, yeah, no, you did say iMac Pro, and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, you're right because you said fourteen thousand. I was like, no, my no, iPad that wasn't is that what much. An I, that's what an iMac Pro. Yes, is cost fourteen thousand pounds. Well, they added. They added a new option this week, so you could put in two hundred fifty-six gig of fast yeah. memory. Yeah, which... it's it's just it's just oh my god! I wonder if anyone does spend that much money. I mean, that, you know, you could buy a car for that. And anyway. the memory, so the memory is still like a self-install, and and I think it maybe in the, was it the iMac Pro was maybe more difficult for the self-install memory. Certainly, the iMac you can do a self-install memory and, and buy buy your own memory. Honestly, it's mm, it's yeah, like half it's, the price. So and it's easy. We the, the fact that they didn't announce any spec upgrades other than a couple of things for the iPad iMac Pro. We, we, we're likely to see some more. Do you think? Well, this this is the year that they should bring the Mac Pro, which I, I surely oh, will yes, see yeah. at WWDC. You know, so I'm expecting to see a Mac Pro on a monitor. Whether it comes out this year, I'd be disappointed mm. if they said two years after seeing it's coming, we're still in another year. <laughs> I wonder what. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting what format they're going to do because that ultra portable. I mean, it it almost to have it. Because obviously you can't. An iMac is not portable. A laptop is portable, but isn't powerful enough. If you can have something that is that mixture of the two, so powerful, portable, you can carry it around. Even though maybe you, you know, but if it's got a solid state drive, things like that, there's no reason you can't carry these devices around. No, but the um, old the old trash can design. So so yes, it was big and bulky, but it's what pros wanted. I can swap yeah. out graphics cards. I can put in more storage, and I can put in more yeah, it RAM. Was a, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's what people want. Yeah, and yeah. and it was silent, and it worked. Um, do, just do something like that. You look at the crazy. Well, you look at the crazy PC designs that you can yeah. do now. Um, and and I mean, I swithered again late last year, and I was like, "Don't be mad." Um, but it, but it is like quite tempting to go and ah, oh, sod it. I'm just going to you know switch 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 to Windows. It'll do. Um, I've still got all my Adobe apps. Um, and, it's and all it's still, subscription. And, it's, and, it, and you find, you suddenly you get all that power, and you get it a lot cheaper as well. And you can yeah. you configure it all yourself and do whatever you like. And we because of the weirdly because of the move to Mac and that everyone sort of seems to have made, it's made everyone a lot more device agnostic. It doesn't matter at the moment whether I work on Windows yeah. or whether on a Mac on a map. I I have because most services are now subscription based services, so you know they're. You, they are agnostic they will install on either and as long as you're only using in one system you're all right most applications now work on both and so actually when i switch between one and the other i have very little friction nowadays you know yeah and and, and i think it's even the same ios android there's there mm-hmm. is you know whereas i think four or five years ago there was a gap i think yeah. that's that's quite it's quite narrow gap now Anyway, they also announced new AirPods, um, which is exciting for some people, I guess. Um, these are basically they um, they now allow wireless charging. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so you can buy. It. So if you can, you can buy it with the case, or if you want to keep your old ones, you can buy the case on its own, so you can wirelessly charge them. Um, there's a new chip 
So what we, I think it was previously it was a W1 chip was inside, which is the same as in the watch. It's now an H1, so it's specific for the Air, AirPods, um, which is better for pairing. And um, but the but the um, audio hasn't changed. Um, I think there was some talk it may be better, but I'll wait for a review. I um I'm disappointed. I, I I've had mine for two years. Probably the the best Apple product I've bought in the last couple of years. Even mm. I, I just love them. Um, and the battery life's starting to get a little bit less. It's not it's not like dying after ten minutes, but it's noticeable mm. it's not the same as that, that kind of week yeah. one where you're like, Wow, I can you know, I, freedom. Well you were you were <laughs> I was sitting on three hour calls. Yeah, yeah. And then and then that's when one pod would die and you would swap the other one in. And and after like fifteen minutes the other one was charged, it's now like about ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know and you're like, Yeah, this is getting a lot a lot less. Um and there was also rumours that they might add like noise cancelling, you know, AirPods at some point. I will probably wait for those or wait for an improvement. Yeah, but at the moment the the benefits is a slightly more powerful chip and then um, this wireless case. But that, you, like I say, you can backwards compatible that by just buying the case yeah. for the early for your. And and, and back, I'm seeing I'm seeing the batteries worse. It's still I charge it once a week. And I'm guessing there there may be new battery technology in this new version that is actually better. They're saying it's more talk time for sure. It, yeah. Alrighty. Um, yeah, we and a bit, some news breaking quite. I don't know if it's this the morning or just a few days ago, but um, Facebook's had some more analysis done inside of their infrastructure, and basically they've been storing users' email addresses in just plain text. These were in databases that. Um, uh, these are in databases that developers have just been sort of using ad hoc to store data, move data around, interrogate data, but they hadn't added any obfuscation on on passwords. So this has been going on for years. And, and whilst it's internal to Facebook, it's not externally facing, obviously that does leave to the employees of Facebook, um, you know, the ability to view and see passwords, which is, is not ideal. Um, I don't think Facebook are alone in this, but they've had people in looking and and they found this audit and yeah, they, I don't know how many users it's it's, it's quite a few <laughs> six hundred million, um, just so, six hundred million. So about a fifth of the users, and it's also the top about tens of thousands of Instagram users as well. So that, that Facebook have put their hands up and go yes, uh, and it seemed to be mostly users of Facebook Lite. Um, so I know Facebook Lite, I think, was uh, for. Uh, from memory it was for countries you know particularly africa asia where maybe the infrastructure yeah, wasn't in place yeah, I remember to remember we, we did a story on that yeah yeah to support the really kind of because facebook for considering what it does it was it's really quite needy um you know well for, it's media heavy now isn't it it's not yeah, it's not the old just text that it no. used to be um so yeah it's a bit of a shame particularly as you know two weeks ago it was like yeah we're going to be privacy focused um well that part of the job of being privacy focused is to do this internal review now that as a company they're not going to be alone there's going to be plenty of other companies that developers do dodgy and janky things with the data you know uh thinking it's a good idea but not con- you know considering it all so you know, it's good that they found it in a way, but it does mean that I've had all my security announce, you know, the, the notifications of my from my last pass and one password and Dashlane all saying, yep, you need to go and change your Facebook password. They haven't actually said you do need to change them at this point. Um, Facebook are going to communicate with the people they think are on this list and therefore should change their password. Uh, w- one last point. Um, it took It took many months before they actually fessed up to this. 
Yeah, okay. So they were made aware of it many months ago. So I think that's also going to cause them some trouble because mm-hmm. um, US regulators and also European um, uh, regulators are going to be looking at why have you taken months to come forward and confess yes. to this? Yeah, and I think that's that's becoming more and more of a high thing because we've seen there is an argument, especially if it's in the wild, that they, you need a bit of time to protect the data from being shared even more. But uh, this was an internal thing, which again, they as long as they've solved the problem, then there's no reason why they can't own up to it. They, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like Facebook. Right, <laughs> what's under this car? Yeah, that carpet. We swept that under there. Let's bring that one out. And we'll bring that one out next week and we'll bring that one. You know, it's just the event that does seem like they're cleaning house, but we'll see. And it's a big thanks to the security sectors that are finding these things. Yes. And given given the companies enough time to fix it and hopefully come clean themselves. And when mm. they don't, they're then, well, yeah. we'll make it public. And Google did, Google did it with Apple a couple of weeks ago. You know, they, they alerted Apple to a, um, a, a pretty invasive bug. Um, and given them a few months, and then we're like, well, there we go, we'll make it public now. You're, yeah. you're not doing enough to address this. Yeah. The same Google that was hit with a 1.5 billion antitrust fine by the EU. This is to add to their existing 4.3 billion from last year and 2.4 billion the year before. So <laughs> they are currently running at an 8.2 billion total towards uh, um, the European Union, all these antitrust violations. So this one... Um, was around their AdSense business and the contract they made people sign to get a Google search bar on their their uh, get a Google search bar on their website and if you did that and you would gain some revenue share from the search that was done through that search bar but the contract said that you couldn't have anyone else's search bar on your site if you wanted to use that service uh, and yep the the European Commission has come forward and said yep this was antitrust because it's a dominant position in the marketplace and you're squashing competition. Um, they did give them a slight leniency based on the fact they've been working with the European Commission on how to solve this problem for the last X number of years. But it was still in the wild and this contract was still there for for about 10 years before um, this happened. Anyway, big fine. Um, and yeah, like I say, adding on to all their previous fines, they must be <laughs> pretty sick of giving money to the European Union right now. Uh, well, if they paid their taxes, then maybe they wouldn't be out with fines. <laughs> it does seem like this. We're not going to get you for the tax, but we're going to get you every other way we can. <laughs> uh, two little takeaways for me. the uh, Google seemed to be fighting these less, and it's almost like kicking a, you know, we'll fess up and we'll take the pain and just pay it, and mm-hmm. we'll work with you and, and we'll, we'll clean the house. Um, so the, I'm trying to find the commissioner's name. Um, oh, yeah, Vestager. Um, she actually fed back at a press conference because the European Union, when they're doing this, they do they like to make a big, you know, get everybody here and we'll, we'll do a big press conference. She gave examples of since the um, the previous antitrust fines, so that remember the one about manipulating shopping results, so they were they were burying competition and promoting yeah. their own. Um, Vestager said that changes Google have made after that case have increased the visibility of rivals from six percent of search results to forty percent, mm. which which tends to indicate. The fact that they're not challenging some of these, that they, they have been caught doing the dirty and, yeah, I, I, and they're was, having to address that. I remember there was all sorts of weird things about, you know, because on the Google search results, there was paid promoted areas and then there was the actual search results. And I seem to remember at the time it was the paid promoted areas were available to everyone to use. It's just that Google happened to be using them. And obviously they were on an auction basis. So I guess if you're a big company, you can afford to put 
or you know put massive figures in for your how pay per click value and and that's how Google were getting over it especially as soon as that money would pump around straight back into Google again so it wasn't like they were yeah. getting the pain and that and I think that's where that's where this this thing was so it wasn't it wasn't they were actually manipulating the the organic search results it was just that everything else on that page around could be manipulated just by the power and dominance of having a ton of cash that's going straight back into your own revenue stream rather than anyone else's and, and SEO has always been a bit of a black art and subject to manipulation and Google updates to thwart that manipulation. So it's, yeah, interesting. Another Google announcement this week, though, was and somewhat unexpected. I didn't, I didn't hear about it ahead of time, but uh, they've announced Stadia or Stadia um, streaming gaming service, which seems to be a hot topic right now. Um, so Microsoft also announced a similar thing. We'll talk about that. Um, but this was... Um, basically cloud-based gaming where they're aiming to stream 60 frames per second hdr content 4k resolution over the internet and have these instant almost instant available games so they're saying three to five seconds to load a a game and you can have it on any device so your tv through a chromecast um on your mobile anywhere um that you can play these sort of grade a or triple a titles um even without you know powerful machine uh, yeah, so we we have. I'm trying to remember. Was it on play on one on live on live? Yeah, so we've covered this. I don't know. It feels like decade ago. On live was we think we yeah. came back to yeah, and um, and and it didn't land. This so so Google last year were um, doing some streaming of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so you could play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and people at the time said this is actually really really good. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like you're playing a console. And, and you're doing it in a browser on any platform, and, and that is basically what what we'll, we'll, we'll call it Stadia, because Stadia, Stadia, Stadia doesn't matter. Um, and and that is basically what this is. The, the hardware bit is a joystick, um, so you've got a bad looking joystick, um, which joy is pad. like a console, yeah, dual yes. stick console pad yep. basically. Um, which um, which <laughs> which unlike... which looks halfway between an Xbox controller and halfway and a PlayStation controller. It's kind of like it's got the two sticks at the bottom rather than the uh, diagonal yeah. placement. Yep, and but it's yeah, it looks more like an Xbox controller than anything else. But it's it's. And different. I just wish they'd just copied the Xbox controller, to be <laughs> honest. But the um, but 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 yeah, and and I guess so. And it's that that's connecting over Wi-Fi, um, to actually interact with with the games where you're playing, and it's got a media button on it as well. So no more, you know, you shouting at your Xbox to try and <laughs> store a video. You can just you can just press a button to stream or press a button to save. Um, but they it, they had some demos. Um, the demos were all very good, but this was well, in, of course they were. <laughs> yeah, this was in Moscone West, which has got a huge internet connection, and the Google yeah. data centers are probably a few kilometers away. So, and they not... may have shipped another data center in, in a van just outside the door. You know, who knows what yeah. they've done to make sure yeah, it what, wasn't. What gonna are fail. all these shipping containers outside? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They're building something around the corner. <laughs> Honestly, what's all the power going into them? What's no that idea. cable actually throbbing and cartoon-like out of it? Um, but this, this actually, I mean, it looked really good. Um, and it had some interesting things where, like, you could be watching a YouTube, you know, video of a new game coming out, and then you'd, you'd see the play, play it now. And you showed you that you you press the button, and within a few seconds you're playing the game. And so that it, not only that, they, they, it records the state of that game. So these these clever links are actually putting you into a stated game, as in, so yes. at the state you were while you were watching it, that link appeared on your screen. You will be dropped into the game at that point. So whatever you've watched up to that point, 
is actually relevant to the game you're playing then so it's you know it's a bit like spinning up an image you know in a cloud which i'm sure is exactly what's happening um yes. with that you know just recorded at that point and, and then off you go three seconds late you're actually playing that game rather than watching it from that point onwards um so yeah that's I mean, clever clever stuff and and you know some clever stuff around it but you know it's yet to be seen as people have argued, Google only have control over their side of this thing. They are still relying on ISPs and their infrastructure to actually deliver. So, if you're on some of the big ISPs, then maybe you're gonna they're gonna be able to work together to, um, you know, prioritize traffic, make sure it's got a fast route from A to B. But if you're on some of these lower um, or smaller ISPs, is Google really gonna optimize their whole infrastructure for them as well? Uh, it's hard to say. Probably not. Is the is the answer. So. Nevertheless, it was even a decade ago on Live proved that you could do it to some extent, um, even though it wasn't commercially successful. It's more because it never got rolled out wider. Um, but it's, yeah, it, you would have thought 10 years later, we probably are in a position where this is possible. Uh, yes. And I mean, just talking about um, games, so Doom Eternal was, was shown, yeah, um, which is the follow-up to Doom coming out this year. Um, they talked, you know, the talked to ID who said it was a, you know, a few weeks to convert onto the Stadia platform, and they were very impressed with the power and performance they're getting from it. And certainly, there were some slides in there which was talking about how it's, you know, the, the, a Stadia instance is is certainly the most powerful console. I'll say with little bunny rabbits around it, um, you know, available now. Um, you know, so far, far outperforming, you know, the Xbox One X, which is the most powerful we've got today. Which um, is fine, but they haven't released any pricing strategies or pricing points or no. they haven't said how they're going to manage that process. You know, is it time based or whatever? So who knows what the cost is of this? Because it's not cheap to have a cloud, a chunk of cloud. You know, effectively, this will be a, you know, a bunch of servers in the cloud that are just they're ready to or are there fired up with the game ready to go kind of thing. And that's and that's how I wonder if they're going to do it. I mean, they're going to charge you know fifty quid for that controller and, and then ten on a month because it's. Mm. Um, I'm sure it's going to be some sort of subscription service. It's going to be time based. It has to be because other, yeah. if if someone because effectively their cost is all going to be driven by time on you know on each instance, I mean, uh, and it's going to have to be an instance per person. You know. So. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's the bit that I, I, and it's coming out this year, um, so it'll be really interesting to see because that that gives. I mean, I'm guessing E3 will get a a price, maybe. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe they'll wait much longer past that. But you never know. And I, I imagine it's another one of those things they would be prepared to do a bit of a lost lead on anyway, um, to try and drive that. You know, drive people to it. But really interesting. I'd be really interested to play it and try it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, everyone's. Uh, it'd be great. Not having to have a console and have a, access to the whole gamut of games. Just you know, to fire up and everything. Just yeah. obviously a lot of it just depends how they actually uh, deliver it and realize it there um and you also mentioned that microsoft had demoed a cloud gaming they did x cloud service yes so again so this would they actually jumped ahead of google i guess it's all the rumor mills and they thought oh we better get in here first but i have to say i kind of missed out on both but I, the only pe- things i've heard on the grapevine are about the google one so clearly microsoft one didn't spark the imagination quite the same this was um uh, I'm trying to remember the name. You know how they do these little video events now? 
similar to the Nintendo, is it Nintendo Direct? I don't know if it's Xbox Direct, they call it as well, or Xbox, whatever. So it's like a little kind of hour-long video they do every mm. couple of months to almost to say, here's, here's what we're up to. Yeah. yeah, and they talked about how, it's the, again, this is coming this year, and they showed, um, they showed one of the presenters playing, it was an Android um, uh, phone, and it was in a little holder plugged into an Xbox pad, and it was Bluetooth into the, the Android phone, which was playing Forza Horizon mm, okay. in the cloud. Um, I'll be honest, it, so graphically it looked like you were playing Forza Horizon, but it looked a bit of lag, you know, between the sending the control and, and, and it's like you can't do a racing game with lag. That's always my little, it's, ah, can't it's do So it. until you actually play it, your brain does make up for quite a lot of stuff, as in, if that, you know, as long as it's consistent lag, <laughs> yeah, you can probably, it can make up for stuff. You know what I mean. Yeah, you no, know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean. You know, shooters and and you know, and driving games are just it's important to have yeah. the input going there. So yeah, um, but they also they also announced um, a whole gaming stack um, that they're trying to release to uh, their developers, um, which goes across all of their gaming platforms. So they're pulling everything together um, into one development stack that's meant for massive studios or people just on their own, and just say. It brings all their Xbox Live, um, their DirectX, and something called um, Fab Play. Or sorry, Play Fab. <laughs> <laughs> Fab Play, Play Fab, which um, has a whole load of tools there that allow them to build common functionality in like matchmaking, servicing, chat, um, things like that, um, messaging that they can add to their um, games and platforms. You know, in a very similar way that Xbox Live has that work. And this is going to work though cross. Uh, environment cross platform so this isn't an xbox thing uh, any de- game developer can hook into these these services and they're all cloud-based on their azure network uh, yeah so that and, and as you say it's exciting but it's a cross-platform so not just xbox but playstation and switch and ios and they're Android available to these people PC. whether they end up hooking into them because yes. you know that's that's it that's the next challenge well, isn't it there's a there's a game i think there's a game either just come out or about to come out in the switch and what they're saying is the first version of it will not have the hooks into um, it was one of the kind of xbox exclusive games and um, it's not going to have the hooks to xbox but they believe a patch later this year will add that mm. okay uh, but yeah that i, I think that's, that's actually quite exciting um microsoft have always been traditionally extremely good at developer focused tooling that enables their platform. And it's one of the reasons the original Xbox won out over the PlayStation at the time was because the tooling for Microsoft game meant that a game a developer could develop for PC and just transport that content straight to the the Xbox and without any issue. Now they've lost some of that ground with the latest PlayStation, um, but but maybe this is going to grab some of that back in that cross environment, you know, covering all platforms kind of development that that was always the goal. Yeah, and I think the PlayStation win this generation has forced Microsoft to get really aggressive around all this, and 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 you know we need to take all the walls away. We need to make it as open as we can and and market share as much as we can. Yeah. Um, Halo Master Chief Collection coming to the PC. So Halo has forever been in a Microsoft. Uh, xbox exclusive um and we've had the master chief collection on xbox for uh, many years but they've first of all announced that they're going to bring um halo 4 oh sorry um halo reach to the xbox version and chronologically they're going to start releasing all the halo halo 2 halo 3 titles on pc as well so it's going to be available to pc games for the first time 
I think PC gamers are pretty excited about this to be able to play that kind of back catalogue of games. Um, whether you know whether in this n- the modern day world it's actually got a place anymore, even in PC gaming circles, it's it's hard to tell. But I'm sure it'll spark a bit of interest at least initially. I, I, again, it's um, a, a pretty pretty fantastic commitment. I, I, I think it shows that if you look at the architecture, the Xbox has got the the porting is a lot easier, but it's a, a massive amount of content i mean it's yeah. huge absolutely huge and, and like i say pc gaming seems to be where the you know the elite live nowadays there's not much um in the way of console you know sports gaming going on anymore just it just seems to have gone pc based basically yeah so, yeah. so maybe they've just seen that plus like with the previous thing we've just been talking about their their cloud services and this one this is about bringing their content to more platforms not just locking it away so they're obviously seeing these sort of streaming type services and thinking actually we want to be the person dishing out to any platform big platform agnostic and and really maximize sales that way um so yeah that's interesting um Oculus um, has also released the new VR headset. Uh, no one really noticed. <laughs> no one's paying attention to VR anymore. No, it's weird how it was. I mean, we, we, we were all super excited about it and talked about it. You got a headset yeah, and I, got I totally played the headset. Love the headset for the first, uh, we'll say, two months. And it's just, it just seems to have popped again. It's just like... It's bubble. kind of one of those things that it, it was always that wow moment product. And it was a wow moment. Uh, enough to make you think like it was a big thing but it just turned out to be a wow moment and beyond that it's you know it's the, the actual use for it is is yet to be realized and, and that, but even so anyway th- but these new headsets are much more likely to be the kind of things you can live with going on because they don't have a massive pc attached to them they're just uh, they're lightweight they're usable um and and actually you can have that why moment and put them down and and not have to set up everything again when you next want to try out the next demo or something because that's yes. the biggest thing is yes. now that mine's all been put away or you know been done you know it's just getting it all out and configured again it's like oh, i just can't be bothered <laughs> just not agreed and and so i think the two things it was that whole setup and and the kind of price of it you know you're yeah. investing quite a lot so this is um this still needs to be tethered but it's got cameras oh, okay. built in to work out you know where it is and they're talking about so it's 399 dollars um and they reckon it's about 300 quid it'll come out for here but we'll, we'll see because i think yeah we've heard prices like that before yeah they? um but see if they can get that down to that well you know so if that's just say it's 350 this gen and then in a couple of years' time, it's actually more like 200 to 250 Yeah. That yeah, yeah, becomes again, a more mass market price. Absolutely. And, and it's it's a price that you, you're willing to have that wow moment for. And it's, yeah, it's good. Um, did you see the, um, what's the, is it Labo, the Nintendo cardboard product? Yes. Did you see that they had breathed the VR yes. product for that? So this is uh, about $80 for the, the kits that you get and the cardboard kits, but effectively use the Switch as a VR device. And, and from the reviews, they're saying it's it's the, the tracking isn't Rift-like, but it's actually easily good enough for the illusion. Um, and and they're, they're, again, fun games and stuff going on. So um, they reckon for, for kids who maybe they don't want to sit for hours and hours in, in, in VR and you don't want them to anyway, um, you know, you're you're limited by how long you want to hold these things up to your face because it gets quite tiring after a while. But um, the, the the reviews I've seen so far have been pretty positive and, and saying they're, they're another really nice bit of fun uh, you know, fun addition to the switch. It's, it shows some real innovation. 
Uh, absolutely. It reminds me of like Google Cardboard. I mean, yeah, Google exactly Cardboard it, is, exactly was, is, yeah. was similar. And the effect is actually, you know, it's pretty good. You know, for 30, 40 quid. You know, and same same with the, like the Samsung one, I think it was about 80 quid. Yeah. You know, you put the phone in and you're like, this is really It's, it's enough to give you that. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember on the Google Cardboard, I just played that. Or, uh, I was playing one of the little horror demos. Oh, and yep. it was definitely, yep. it was frightening enough that I needed to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I wasn't happy. Um, so do you get the illusion? Your brain is easily fooled. And even though the resolution of the switch screen is even lower than, say, your your typical smartphone nowadays, uh, it is enough to generate that illusion. And as I said, for the just you know this quick eighty dollars, eighty dollars is not cheap for a section of cardboard. But um, <laughs> I think for the, the enjoyment that you're going to get out of it and the, and the fun that it brings, I think that is. That is I could order it. a pizza for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. That is, um, that's everything we've got to cover today. Unless, have you been picking anything? Have you been thinking about stuff that you'd like to share? Um, is there anything? Nothing. Nothing's jumping to mind, to be honest. Okay. Um, I've obviously got lots of little new apps because I always have new apps. Yeah, but it's only the we only want the ones that are real drop dead and need these. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm and I'm looking. and I'm thinking. Eh, nothing's jumped out recently. No, fair dues. There we won't push it. Let's um, let's just thank everyone for listening. Um, we got to another end of another podcast, so well done. Um, if you want to find out more about us, digitaloutbox.com is the website. Info at digitaloutbox.com for the email address. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as cheesy UK. Um, let's just say my running blog is cheesy blog. Ian, where do we find you? Uh, my, so go to iandike.com and you'll find links to everything else and I'd also like to point out beautiful um, I had a good a good catch up kebab today with friend of the show Roy and ex-podcast host Shaquille Nine. there we go hello both and um, it's it Shaq's, Shaq's a YouTuber now so I will ah. put I will put in the show notes a link to his um, first um, it might be his last his first <laughs> His first, um, his first YouTube review. Nice, no, big thing to put your first one up there and put, yeah. put yourselves out in the world. So yep. well done. And you've been you've been on on the tubes as well, haven't you? I'm a, I'm a seasoned tuber though. <laughs> seasoned tuber. Yes, I'm doing some work hopefully for DPL Motorsport this year um, to get to scratch. Now that I'm not racing this year, at least uh, I'm going to scratch some of that itch by helping out. So so my pick this week might be to watch um, Shaq and Chris on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. Increase the views. All right. By three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, the three of you listening. Uh, we shall speak to you again soon. Ta-ra. Goodbye. <laughs>